This is Amber. And this is Shannon. And you're listening to Twin Beats, the Chicken Fanatics podcast. It's fucking great. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Twin Beaks Chicken Fanatics podcast. My name's Shannon. And I'm Amber. And welcome to the show. So, let's see. Well, I think we'll begin today with talking about what's new in our lives, since it's kind of a big deal, and it's affecting our flock in the near future. Yes. So, let's see. We moved. Yep. We've moved to Paradise, California. Yeah, so we've been crazy busy with that, of course, getting the yard ready. Mm-hmm. We've got quite a lot to do before it's chicken ready. Yep, we're thinking of turning an old wooden playset into the chicken coop, at least temporarily. So we're kind of looking around, seeing what's already here to make our lives a little bit easier and provide a nice little area for the hens. There's a lot of different projects and, um, you know, don't tell our chickens, but we aren't actually going to make them the highest priority in our lives right now. (laughs) So yeah, probably the play structure looks like it's pretty much almost a chicken coop already. At least it's framing. Yeah. It has a two story little box kind of area with a ladder and then a big long like four swing wide swing set part and it's all made out of this really like thick four by four old weathered wood so it's actually kind of cool looking i think the swing set bar might end up making a nice a-frame yeah yeah i want to make a frame um, i'd like to make um just like some shade and uh rain cover and then like make a cute little roof for the other part and make that the the nesting boxes be a fun and project. we've got a fence to put in for the chickens because one of the fences here is marginal. Yep, lots to do to make them safe and happy. So yeah, right now we are recording live from sitting on the uncarpeted floor of our new house with <laughs> the carpet we came we moved in and let's just say it's the kind of carpet quality where having it in the house is not a net positive. <laughs> So we got rid of that, and uh, yeah, we brought the bare essentials for recording the show out to the new homestead, and uh, yep, we're recording live on the living room floor. Yep, where we can hear the sounds of our neighbor's chickens, which is very encouraging. Uh, Yeah, actually, what we're not hearing is the city sounds, mm -hmm. and... um, that's going to be nice for the listeners because we don't... Previously, our, our bedroom was abutted right up against the sidewalk. So anybody that walked by that was talking was in the background, sirens in the background, helicopters in the background. Yeah, all kinds of things in the background. So, um, yeah, you know, just West Oakland is not quiet. Really, not in any way. So no. now we're going to have a nice, quiet environment where maybe you can hear the chickens just outside in the yard. 
So Yay, that'll be nice. Awesome. Speaking <laughs> of chickens, which is really what we're here to do, and I'm sure people would love to hear about chickens instead of us. Um, <laughs> just really quick about the town, though. So before we moved here, we were concerned about the ordinance. Yes, the two chicken ordinance. No, I think it was four, but at any rate, uh, not definitely not enough. Yeah. Because my gosh, how would you just how would you go through life with just two chickens? I think it was two actually, which is quite concerning to me. If I had two chickens, I'd have to be drunk all the time. So I saw four <laughs> chickens. You couldn't comprehend your just your mind cope. just couldn't accept the truth. It's yeah. too hard. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I uh, don't you think? I it's, think so. It's too much for the ordinary mind to bear. The so, thought of two chickens. Of is course just... Amber was staying awake till all hours in the morning taking fistfuls of pills out of concern that <laughs> she would have to part with Oh, no way. Or, you know I do some like, I'm, I'm sorry. What what she was really worried about was the expense criminal. of digging an underground bunker complex That's to right. hide her chickens. In my shipping container coop. And the tactical logistics <laughs> of getting a D seven bulldozer in and out yeah, through the boy. side gate of it's the yard. Like I'm not gonna yeah. have to do that. So yeah. Whew. No, why? Because it's one of those laws that nobody seems to pay attention to. Yes. Yay. Yay. I I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe we should get rid of laws that nobody takes seriously. I think that's a good idea. And it's hmm. funny that the our last show we talked about Yuba City and hmm. I think it was Live Oak. So we're right next to these towns that let have a f- large feral chicken population. So it's kind of funny to be somewhere where uh they're like, oh, two chickens, and it's pretty rural. Yeah. <laughs> Making us all criminals. Yeah. Oh, well. Mm. So good. Power to the people. Yep. And the chickens. <laughs> all right, great. So, yeah, that's what's up with our, you know, our update in our own personal world and uh, moving and the show being recorded from a new, much more quieter location. Yay. <laughs> So now, what time is it? <gasps> time for our chicken cabinet of curiosities. Uh-huh. And what have you hidden in your cabinet this week, Amber? Well, long ago, I think on one of our very beginning episodes, I talked about how they had figured out that um, chickens were a mosquito repellent. And in places that had a particularly high... Um, occurrence of malaria um, and not a lot of um, medical options. Now, just to be clear, the chicken itself repels mosquitoes, not like it hunts down and kills mm-hmm. them. It's just, just it sitting there is... Yeah. Okay. And they, when they did the research, they found out that it was actually an odor that the chicken emitted. And what they did is they started putting um, chickens in cages next to people's beds in these areas. And they found that the mosquitoes um, didn't come near. So this is just kind of an update of um, where they've gone as far as the research. And they've um, compared different livestock to see if there's any other animals that have this quality. And it's just the chickens. They put chickens um, in in an enclosure with some fly 
or paper that traps insects with other animals. They had goats, pigs, cats, dogs, and it was just just the chickens didn't have the uh, mosquitoes. So they're actually trying to figure out how to extract a cologne, like a spray, and trying to figure out if there's other plants and things like that that have similar compounds they can use. So uh, uh. That, that's pretty fascinating stuff. So make mosquito repellent out of chicken smell. Yeah, chicken mm. smell. It's pretty pretty cool stuff. When you go hiking, take your chickens. Yeah. Yeah, so in Ethiopia they're they're trying to convince people to keep more chickens to prevent the, mal- the malaria outbreaks there. That's pretty fantastic. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It seems to me like it shouldn't be very long until they manage to isolate something and, and make some kind of oil or spray oh, or sure. something out of it because I know, for example, that they do that for deer repellent with mm-hmm. different predatory animals. You know, I think just basically it the deal is whatever the prey animal is, mm-hmm. it learns what its predator smells like and it doesn't like that smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the the chicken has this quality and I I really wonder if they evolved that specifically as a way to keep mosquitoes off of the chicken itself or if it's just kind of a a happy accident. Hmm. Good good question. Yeah. But they're still researching so they don't really know that yet. So yeah, that's about it with uh, chicken malaria cologne. You know? Very interesting. If you like chickens, chicken you might want to malaria cologne. Try, uh, you know, a little chicken scent. You know, for, chicken scent. Yeah. You yeah. Know, homesteading date. You oh, might want to have a man earthy. You know, cologne. I'm just seeing all of these, you know, chicken cologne parody. <laughs> You know the ads with the people that don't have clothes. Any you want to clothes smell like a farmer? Or, yeah, you yeah. have that rugged kind of like manly chicken farmer smell. Christian Dior. Yes. Chicken. Chicken. <laughs> yes. With a picture of a very sexy woman with her hair blowing in the wind. Maybe a few chicken feathers. You know. Well, wafting you know, in the breeze romantically in some places not having malaria might be very attractive might be pretty hot yeah <laughs> <laughs> enough yeah. said so what <laughs> else do we have in the cabinet amber oh my gosh there's this um thing that happens so chickens are occasionally born where half the cells on their body are female and half are male so i'm talking about a chicken that's like split right down the middle, just like you used to see in the circus act, the half men, half woman, you know. Yeah, symmetrically, they're Mm -hmm. half male and half female. Yeah, yeah. Which really makes me wonder what um, the things on the line look like, you know. The things on the line? Well, sure, because there's parts that are, you know, Oh, run right down the, the middle median sort of you know, area. Is, is your uh, uh, I don't know left half of your mouth male and right half female yeah that's that's how it is with these chickens like the the left side will have uh, more musculature more muscles more 
lighter colored feathers, mm. all these male characteristics and female characteristics on the other side. Mm. And um, the really interesting thing about this is we have this idea and it's kind of commonly accepted that hormones determine um, what how your DNA and your cells behave. And um, people just, um, it's kind of accepted. But these, ch these chickens... Um, as they're studying them, that's kind of bringing that into question because they're finding that the actual cells have a uh, male or female DNA that expresses itself in spite of the um, hormones that the chicken might have. So that's particularly interesting. Yeah, that's strange stuff. Yeah, so they're, they're studying them. Very curious. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I, I didn't know that that was a thing that the chickens... I've heard of, um, you know, hens that turn into roosters later and things yeah. like that. And they're, uh, you know, I think hens I mentioned on crowing. the show that I had one of those. Oh yeah. Yeah. You did mm -hmm. before. Yeah. So I've heard of that, but this is the first time I've heard of one split right down the middle and they, they try to find these so they can study them. When it, uh, when predators sneak up on it, it turns the rooster side towards it so it looks more intimidating <laughs> that's right <laughs> use it for all it's worth yeah yeah and then uh shannon found this this funny um advertisement for this thing that was a 1920s sex detector that rocked the poultry industry a sex detector yes and it was it'll find sex for you oh god i wish no this thing was all the rage and everybody wanted one. It was so amazing and, and you know, such a breakthrough. And essentially what it was was a, a pendulum. And it would swing one way if you're, if anything really was a male. And it would swing the other way if it was female. So people are seeing, you know, what sex the chicken oh, and the eggs were. And this was a big deal because uh -huh. back then you got to spend a lot of time and energy hatching those eggs right but, so. and raising chicks that you don't need yeah so that was pretty crazy and everybody really thought it was amazing um <laughs> and i it, there's a quote in the leghorn world which is a magazine from the 1920s it says uh something new under the sun for poultrymen the crowning achievement of modern times and the absolute annihilator of all previous scientific research <laughs> the annihilator. The annihilation of all previous scientific research. It's like wrestling. Yeah. But apparently people caught on. You know, they'd try it on their cat, which they knew was a male and it'd say it was female. Eventually yeah, that... people figured out it's a bunch of BS. And... Yeah. But for a while, people were pretty enamored with this um, sex-determining chicken oh, psychic wow. pendulum thing. Yeah. This new new age chicken toy yeah it, it reminds crazy. me of the book that i'm reading for the contest because you know um it says stuff in there that's sort of not exactly accurate or true mm -hmm. or yeah i don't think i would do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's that's what they wrote Those in the book the times yeah yeah the sex pendulum sex pendulum sounds wow. a lot more um racy than it is than it really is well that's not an accident <laughs> so that was the 20s that was the 20s yeah all right cool <laughs> pretty funny yeah the annihilator yes all right miss annihilator 
how's the cabinet? Shake the cabinet. Yeah, and it's we've shaken it all out of the cabinet. Okay. It's time to close the doors. Okay. So now what? Okay. So we're gonna talk about chickens and herbs. Oh really? Yeah. So we're gonna talk about herbs that are good for your chickens and herbs man. Herbs. And this time I'm going to focus on um, herbs that are readily available, sometimes might even be considered weeds that you will have perhaps a lot of and don't need a ton of attention. I mean, this is a hugely broad topic where, you know, I, I imagine later on down the road, I love to get into actually like specific areas of um, herbalism for chickens you know, you've got insect repellent, you've got immune boosting stuff, you've got deworming plants, you've got um, well, I imagine egg stimulating things. You know, all all sorts of different categories that you, if you have a specific problem, you can really delve into it and get a big, you know, list of different herbs. So, but today we're gonna keep just kind of give a little quick overview, specifically of things you may not have to buy, you might find. I imagine that the world of herbs for chickens would be just as big as the world of herbs for people. Yeah. and Maybe I've, just less studied. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I've been studying herbs for people for, gosh, I mean, since I was a child practically. And so did my mother. So I know quite a lot about that. And as I'm learning more about herbs for chickens, I'm finding that it seems to be the case most of the time that many of the herbs we use for ourselves act in pretty much the same way they do for the chickens. Um, Reasonable. Yeah, so there's quite a lot of crossover there. Yeah, so um, some of the ones that I thought would be great to list... Uh, garlic is an excellent chicken immune booster. It's um, antiviral and antibacterial. A lot of people I've heard, they like to kind of just chop up a clove of it and put it in with their chicken's water with a little bit of apple cider vinegar. So they just have this like very mild boost. And um, garlic will also, uh, worms and parasites really hate it. Um, I believe it's also anti-inflammatory. So it has a lot of really beneficial actions as for your chickens. And um, there's another thing. It also stimulates egg laying. So you've got a lot of reasons to give that to your chicken. And uh, if you just take your garlic from the grocery store and you put that in a pot, the little cloves, and separate them, that will grow into its own individual plants and it'll shoot out stalks just kind of like an onion and you can chop those up, you can eat them, you could feed that to your chickens. It's not quite as strong, but it does have a lot of the same same qualities. So that's a fantastic one to, you know, pretty low maintenance. Pop it in the ground, let it do its thing. It'll turn into more garlic. It's kind of magical. <laughs> And uh, the next one, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with and possibly considers kind of a nuisance, 
is nettles. And hmm. these just grow like crazy. You know, most people want to get them out of their yard. They're just just kind of a pain. They don't see much use for them. But they are actually an amazing plant. They're just packed with nutrients. They're packed with iron and calcium for the eggshell development and protein and uh, all kinds of um, trace minerals and, and potassium. So they're full of things. And you can't just give your chicken a stinging nettle. They might be able to eat that. But what you really want to do is you want to get some rubber gloves and just go out and clip those nettles and stick them in a bag, hang them upside down, whatever, and um, they're going to dry out. And then you can crush them up and feed them, feed them to your chickens. And it's a fantastic way to use what we usually think of as a nuisance weed. Yeah, there aren't a lot of those that you can feed to your birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Well... Yeah, I'm, there might be a few. You'd be surprised. Nuisance weeds that you can feed oh, to chickens? Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yes. Hmm. Yep. So you've got a dandelion. That's a... Okay, well, yeah, but I don't generally think of dandelions as a nuisance. No, they're not a nuisance, but a lot of people do think of them. I guess if a... you're into that perfect lawn... Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. That the nettles are a nuisance. Dandelions are. I mean, I wouldn't consider them a nuisance either, but they're a weed, you know. Well, yeah, no, I'm thinking, you know, start thistle. Right. Yeah, they're not going to. Baker's lice, poison oak. I don't think they're going to eat that. I don't think chickens that. eat poison oak. No, no, I yeah. don't think so. No. Anyhow, please continue. Dandelions are also an immune booster, and they help your liver. So they're, they're fantastic. Um, you can feed those to your chickens. Um, chickweed's another, another um, plant that you'll find all over that's very good for your chickens. It's, um, it's a tonic for them. And, it, um, and chickweed is a diuretic, and I believe that it also might help with your blood sugar. So it's a, it's a great one to, to um, have around marigolds are good they will eat that um, nasturtiums parsley uh, mint is a fantastic one to have around because it grows like crazy it's pretty low maintenance the chickens eat it it's calming it's nutritive all these things but the best thing about it is that rodents hate mint and uh, insects hate marigolds so if you plant those around your chicken coop um you're gonna have a lot less problems with pests and they're they're pretty hardy plants um they might need kind of different things mint likes a lot more water i think marigolds like um things to be a little bit more dry but so these are things that you would plant where your chickens can't get it and then feed it to them or you could um Plant it around the coop is what I would do, and it will keep away rodents out of your, you know, come, come from coming in your coop and uh, getting into your chicken food and into the nesting boxes. You can hmm. put, you can put crushed mint in the nesting boxes or crushed into the chicken food itself a little bit so that you don't have the problems with the rodents coming around to scavenge. Which is pretty awesome. 
Hmm. So you would put it into the food because it keeps rodents away from the food. Exactly. And it, and it's also good for the chickens. Just having it there. Yes, yes. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know mint was a rodent deterrent. Isn't That's, that great? I sure wish I'd known that about 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Good it's, grief. It's great. Yeah, it's uh, and it grows like crazy. If you ever had a mint patch, it'll, it'll sure, go Sure, as long nuts. as there's water. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. Boy, I mean, gosh, just ju- dump out your chicken water every day around the coop where you got all this mint and all that time help. living out in the country. I would have just grown mint like a moat around all of my outbuildings. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Yeah, and then, uh, you know, some people like to put <laughs> it's very sweet. I've seen some recipes where people put mint in ice cubes or in a refreshing drink for their chickens in the summer because it also lowers your, lowers your body temperature. It's another thing you can do with that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, yeah. And with the marigolds, plant them around the perimeter, can keep bugs out. And uh, if you had marigolds, lavender does the same thing, repels bugs, sage, repels bugs so you can plant all these nice herbs around and um but you want bugs not so the in chickens your, will eat them well they can go in the yard and eat them but what you don't want is bugs in the nesting boxes and in the coop oh like bird life. i see you know all these mites bird lice uh, stuff yeah, like that sure, okay flies you know you don't have flies going around all your sure your, sure uh, Food that you're getting. No, flies can be kind of a problem in a coop. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should do a show about that, really. Yeah, so that's that's great. That'll do go a long way to keep away the bugs. And if they eat marigolds, it gives them a beautiful, vibrant yellow uh, yolk to the eggs as well. Something to think about if you're selling eggs. Mm Hmm. Yeah. And then the lavender too. Um, So let me just talk about herbs that you could put in the nesting box. And that's, that's a lot of these I've already mentioned. You could put lavender, you can put the mint, you could put the sage. And, um, those are all very good. They'll keep away the bugs and the lavender. I'll talk a little bit about that because I haven't so much, but, um, it's a stress reliever and it also increases blood circulation. So it's good for chickens who are sitting on the eggs and not getting up and moving around as much as they should be. And, um, you know, whenever you put these herbs in the nesting box, they're bored. They're sitting there. They're broody laying eggs. So they'll peck at these medicinal herbs and get a little nutrients and benefit from them as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I I just want to reemphasize the stress reduction because there's an inverse relationship between productivity and stress. So... You know, um, if people have heard about, you know, sumo wrestlers, they have this coach (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the coach isn't just there to teach them how to fight. He's kind of like a bodyguard, Mm -hmm. but he's not a bodyguard like to protect you from getting beaten up or something. He's to protect you from having to worry about anything. So it's just like. No, Mr. Sumo Wrestler, we paid your phone bill. Yeah. You know, and because they don't want those guys to stress at all. So you need to treat your chickens like that. Yeah, yeah. And stuff their nesting boxes full of lavender. But if you do want your chickens to lay more eggs, you could give them de-stressing herbs. 
But right. you can also give them egg-stimulating herbs such as parsley is good for that. That's a plant. Parsley. Yeah, that's a plant. It'll, it, it's very, you know, it will grow a lot. So that's what you do with the parsley at the restaurant. You take it you home, give it, give to, it, it to the chicken, and then yeah. you get an extra egg. Yeah. And they, this, uh, I think cayenne, you sprinkle that on their food. That helps them. Cayenne? Mm-hmm. Pepper? Yeah. 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 Mm. They, amazingly, they eat it and it doesn't seem to bug them quite as much as, you know, it would get <laughs> well, us all. Not much bugs chickens. All heated up and stuff. So. Yeah. And cayenne pepper is good for a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the real, the real big herb right now that's a hot topic in the poultry industry actually is, um, oregano and that's not quite so easy to grow, but it's important to mention because they're finding all kinds of evidence that it's, um, a very strong natural antibiotic and they're it's so effective they're able to use it on the big commercial poultry farms like um, I think Purdue which is a huge uh, poultry supplier um, they're using oregano oil and I guess they mix it with cinnamon it's especially um, effective so you said the herb that's popular in the poultry industry right now is oregano. And that sort of implies that the poultry industry has an ongoing interest in herbs and using herbs in with their birds. Is that true? I think there's a lot of demand from people nowadays to use more natural products, and that resonates with the customers and the clients quite a lot. Mm-hmm. So that you are finding a lot that any time a company can accomplish that, it gives them kind of bragging rights that they take full uh, advantage yes. of. You know, so it's more it's kind of a general trend that um, a lot of the really big nasty you know um, poultry <laughs> suppliers. I'm not going to mention any names, but they've actually felt so much pressure from the public right. that they've changed things about their farming practices sure. that I I wouldn't have suspected they would have. Well, that's that's market forces for you, I guess. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, when everybody really decides that they want something to be different than politics and the economy and all of that stuff, doesn't matter if everybody wants it to be that way it's going to be that way because if it comes down to it if they're not going to make their sales and they're not going to sell it at all because people are too grossed out by it then they'll 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 take a you know a cut to their profit and just do what needs to be done so you have a lot of power as a consumer and never forget it you know yeah that's just interesting to me I, i didn't imagine the use of herbs being so prevalent in the poultry industry. I sort of mm-hmm. imagined that it's all very mechanical mm-hmm. and very not hippie, you know? Yeah. I think what's happening in this instance is that um, I think it's not popular simply because a lot of the times I don't think it's effective on a large scale. Like you've got poultry crammed into a warehouse you're going to need strong antibiotics usually to combat those kind of awful conditions that create such a breeding ground for disease but 
the cool thing about this oregano oil is that it is so effective. It's um, in some instances, I think they're finding more effective than the... It meets industrial standards for efficacy. Right. So it's easy for them to do the switchover because it's a no-brainer. It works. Right. They're not doing it just to appease the customers. That's more of a, you know, a side effect. Somebody, probably a natural chicken farmer, tried this and started singing its praises and Mm -hmm. and now it's kind of spreading, you know, because that's what people want. They want the antibiotic-free healthy chickens but yeah it um let's see it it um combats e coli coccidiosis salmonella and avian flu so So. e coli that's one of the big bugaboo scare Mm -hmm. i mean you see a lot of scare backyard chicken scare articles about e coli salmonella too is a real big one with the backyard chicken Is, is oregano good for that yes it is Oh, yes. so this is the the counterpoint. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're scared of your getting backyard chicken salmonella, just bury your whole chicken coop in oregano. Yeah, so it's it's a great herb, and uh, you can grow this in your own garden. And what I've done recently is bought a oregano oil con concentrate specifically for chickens, and you add it as an additive to their water. Hold on, hold on. There's there's an oregano oil concentrate specifically for chickens. Right. Is there like a picture of the rooster on the mm-hmm. label? Yeah, there's a picture of a hen and some eggs. Wow. It's called uh, Ropa Poultry Oregano Oil. And how much does that sell for? And you can get uh, about 500 milliliters for about 30 bucks. That sounds like quite a premium on oregano oil just to have a chicken on the label. Well, I don't know. I mean, have you ever gone to Whole Foods Although and got a little... it says plus nutrients. So. Like a... Have you ever gone and got a little thing of essential oil? That Some costs of them like, can be quite expensive. So, yeah, 500 milliliters is pretty darn big. So Is it? Yeah, so okay. um, like a juice container, like, you know, a large okay. juice container. And... Um, hmm. Yeah, so it's quite a lot, and you just give them the smallest, you know, it's not a whole lot. You put it, you know, dilute it in like a gallon of water, and you can keep that somewhere if you don't have a lot of chickens, but I put it directly in my waterer, and um, a lot of people say, in addition to them kind of seeming more alert, their eyes are more sparkly, they're more active, their feathers are more glossy, just a general general signs of of good health and i found that to be true with my chickens and uh they they put um they add some other things it's mostly oregano they have cinnamon pepper eucalyptus thyme and uh these things fight bacteria fungi and parasites they improve the quality of the eggs the condition of the skin and plumage and uh yeah it's just pretty cool pretty cool somebody out there could make some money blending herbal supplements and stuff for chickens. Yeah. I'm not that somebody. Yeah. Well, we we saw or listened to an interview with this woman who has this product called Love Nest, and she's doing that. She Called has a Love little, Nest. Yeah. She has a little um, pre-made blend of dried herbs that you can buy from her specifically for nesting boxes. Oh, see? Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's probably a lot of room in the market for, you know, just other ideas, you know, different different combinations you want to use for different things or mm-hmm. you could um, make your own dried herbal supplements. You could keep it off limits to your chickens and just dry it and then offer it to them as a treat. It's very healthy. You can't give them too much. They tend to know how much they need of things. So you don't need to, you know, stress out or overthink it too much with offering them things. Yeah, chickens are pretty good at policing themselves like that yeah they have good intuition so yeah those are a few herbs just to kind of get you started on things i'll probably go into some more complicated aspects of that in the future in fact i'd love to um but that's that's kind of fun and um well okay great thanks for uh looking all of that up uh and uh sharing that yeah i learned a couple new things there cool. that was pretty interesting um great well uh, i think that that is we'll probably call that a show today here yeah. um thanks everybody for listening oh you know i did kind of want to throw something out to the audience you know we do the cabinet of curiosities and um it hasn't felt really appropriate i guess to do uh stories that are more about the industry and you know oh my gosh we discovered that vitamin k cures chicken leukemia i'm making that up but as an example and i i guess i'm would like to know if people would be interested in hearing about that sort of thing or if they like more of the weird stories, the personal stories, the, you know, the, the curiosity cabinet, because I turn down stories all the time about, you know, the poultry industry, mm-hmm. what's going on there. And there is a lot yeah. to talk about in that field. But so anyway, let us know if you'd really like to hear stuff like that. Or let us know if you'd say, oh, my God, that sounds boring. I Mm -hmm. could just, yeah, let us know. And also, if you ever find something that kind of piques your interest, always feel free to send it my way because I kind of like to delve deeply into different subjects and kind of research them and come up with, you know, really extensive information about certain topics sometimes, and I kind of find that to be fun. So if there's something someone's really wildly curious about and, uh, you know, you can give it a shot, send it over my way. Might do a little research for you. Add it to the show. Feel free to stop by and say hi to us at the uh, Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast Church page on Facebook. We also, uh, group, excuse me, on Facebook. We also have the Twin Beaks Chicken Podcast Facebook page um, where you can keep up with stuff that we post on the show. That reminds me, I wrote an essay that we need to put on that page too, I think, because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I wrote an article recently about how to break a broody hen because mm-hmm. um, it's that time of year and a lot it of people hard. are curious. There's a lot of tricks. Yep. No, it's not hard. It's actually, usually, there's a, usually it's easy. You just have to know what to do. And this article, ladies and gentlemen, will tell you just what you need Ooh, to do. Very good. Um, please, please.
please stop by our website. Um, there you will find the podcasts, articles that we've written, strange art to do with chickens, mm-hmm. pictures of chickens, a yes, forum a- that would just love people to cover it with words. Um, <laughs> what else? You can contact us there through mm-hmm. the website. Yeah, you can subscribe on iTunes if you want to get a little treat every week. Um, and you can look on where I have a Pinterest page just full of all things chicken, mostly kind oh of vintage Victorian, Endless artistic, ocean. gothic kind of stuff that's in, within my aesthetic, you know, but uh, very fun things to check out there. Hopefully it's within your aesthetic. Yes, I don't just put any in. Any any old chicken thing on there has to pass my, uh, you know, criteria. High chicken standards. Yes, I have very high chicken standards. <laughs> Where else can we send people? Mm, I think that might be about it. Stay tuned to our show, of course, for details about the contest that we have coming up where you can get a audio copy of me reading the big old poultry book mm-hmm. <laughs> from it's very entertaining oh i don't have the publishing date off the top of my it dome was at least the late years 1800s old. late 1800s yeah. 1890s yep over so 100 years old i've read most of that book i'm going to finish it up pretty soon and offer it to you the audience for the very very painful price of free Yes, fasten your petticoats, ladies. It's time to learn yes. about Victorian poultry raising. That's right. Yep. Fasten your petticoats, ladies. I'm going to yes. talk about chickens. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I, I can raise one eyebrow. Mm-hmm. That's why she's mm-hmm. laughing like that. But um, so and then uh, after that. We're going to have the very fantastic uh, steampunk chicken waterer, mm-hmm. one of a kind, and it could be yours. Yes, it's really, really cool. It's super cool. It's so cool. Mainly because I made it. Oh, yeah. Definitely only because you made it. It's pretty rad. Nope, you'll love it. And uh, that's coming up soon. Cool. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for episode 16 (gasps) of the Twin Twin Beaks Chicken Chicken Podcast, Podcast. where we bring you more chicken yodeling, insanity, everything you need to know about how to take care of your chickens, which drugs, herbs to give them, and a wide variety of other curious topics. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you the story of good overcoming evil with the power of the chicken. Ladies and gentlemen, Takeo Ishii's Chicken Attack. See the video. You should know that the man with the power of nature can bring you to the end of your life. And you should know by my smile and I look in my eyes that you are about to be massively forced to give up. Chicken attack, chicken attack. Watch your back before it fails.
Fly. 